You are listening to the Fur Road Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God and love people. For more information about Fur Road, visit furroadcc.org. That is F-I-R-R-O-A-D-C-C dot org. Now for this week's message. Good morning. It is great to be with you all here. Hopefully you've uh, gotten here and you've gotten to greet some people, connect with some people, and uh, the hope and the purpose of us being here is to always cultivate our faith, dig a little bit deeper into God's Word and to His uh, worship as well, and to always be growing uh, in our experience here. Uh, Most of us and all of us know, I think, that this is a pretty common and obvious statement, that we all have a choice of how we live our lives. You guys all made the choice to come here today, uh, and on your day-to-day basis, most of us have the choice of what we are going to do and how we are going to approach things, how we're going to go forward with things, how we're going to take on any tasks that we might have in front of us, and how to process and go through the different things that life throws at us. We all have 24 hours in a day, and we all have limitless options of how to use those 24 hours. How we cultivate our faith is a part of that. And in those 24 hours, we have the options and the opportunities to daily cultivate our faith in ways that God puts it on our our hearts. And that is part of the way that we live and part of the approach that we have. And one of the things that we need to be reminded of, I think, at times is in our approach of trying to cultivate our faith, uh, like what level and what set of standard do we have for ourselves in our lives? As we go through our Christian life, what is the standard that we have for ourselves and what is the standard that God has for us? If we are truly wanting to cultivate and deepen our roots, what is our our approach to this. What do we do in our day-to-day? And if you're wondering what the mark should be, what the standard should be, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8 says this in the century version, do your best to improve your faith. Do your best to improve your faith. If we're looking for a a challenge or a call or something that we need to respond to, this is it, right? Do your best. I think that's a key word in there is do your best. And I think all of us have different levels of standards when it comes to tasks and challenges in our life, and we all understand what best means. We should do our best to improve our faith. There is an opportunity for us and a challenge to us to always be raising the bar, always be raising the standard, always improving what we do in relationship to God. And if we're going to have the best faith, we can continue reading in this verse. Peter lays it out to us pretty plainly. If we want to do our best to improve our faith, we need to start with goodness and understanding, self-control, patience, devotion to God, concern for others, and love. If you keep growing in this way, it'll show that Christ has made your lives useful and meaningful. And so in here we have some of these ways of what we can do, kind of these baselines that if you want to have the best spiritual life, do these things. There are some things to work on, you know, goodness, understanding, self-control, patience, devotion to God, concern for others, and love. Those are things that we've heard about, studied about, learned about as we've read the Bible. We all understand that. And today is just a reminder that we need to be doing those to the best of our ability, 
God uses different things to show us how we can cultivate our faith, and we consistently need to be asking ourselves, is this my best? Is this the best that I can do? You know, is the, this the best that I have to offer myself, to those around me, and to ultimately God? Because God wants the best for us, and He expects the best from us as well. Uh, you know, when it comes to different things in our lives, I think some areas and some aspects are easier for us to give our best in, right? There's different things that we personally connect with, different things that we're interested in. Some of us want to have the best makeup. Some of us want to have the best clothes. Some of us want to have the best friends. Uh, some of us want to have the best uh, toys. Some of us want to have the best houses. Some of us want to have the best garden. Some of us want you fill in the blank, right? Some, we all want to be the best at something in our our lives, and so we dedicate our time to it. For me, that came in the form, if I rewind my life about 20 years, one of the things that I strive to be the best at was soccer. And it was something that I, as a, a sophomore in high school, actually a junior in high school, when I was introduced to and really started to try to play soccer, I had no skills, no abilities, and just heart and effort. And fortunately, the team that I played on was terrible, so that was enough to get me on the team. There wasn't tryouts, otherwise I would have been off and my dream would have been dead before it started. But part of my attitude and part of my approach to that was that I was going to come and I was going to give my best every single day in practice. I was going to do my best to improve. I was going to do my best to listen to the coach, and I could always give my best effort. I knew that baseline that I could always give my best effort, no matter how skilled or unskilled I was. And through time and through practice day to day, I improved and coaches notice when players give their best effort. And they always appreciate that and reward that. And even though it was my first year playing soccer, uh, you know, I, I had a, the privilege of winning the award on my, uh, my junior year of the MVP. And uh, even though it was my first year and I didn't really have the skills, I had the heart, I had the effort, and the coaches wanted to reward that. It wasn't because I was the best player. It was because he thought I was the most valuable because of my heart and my effort and that I gave the best. As a senior, I won that award again, the coach's award, but this time for the varsity level. So I played JV and then varsity, and then when I went to Ozark, I again tried my hardest. And again, Ozark isn't the most skilled uh, level of soccer, but you know, through that year and through my effort and through my heart, you know, the, the other players on my team voted me as the best defensive player. And it was all because I gave effort. Again, I'm not a specimen of, of physical uh, athleticism, right? Uh, you know, if you're picking out a lineup of the best athletes in my school, I wouldn't be the top 30 or 40, maybe even the top 60, right? Uh, and it's all about heart and giving the best. And you know, oftentimes, that is what God rewards, is when we give that effort. And coaches, just like God, want people to try hard. They want people to work hard at things to improve. And, you know, in athletes in sports, I think that's something that most of us can relate to. Most of us have either played a sport or, at the minimum, watched a sport and seen the level of dedication, the level of commitment, the level of uh, heart and effort people put into to be great at something. And you know, that is kind of the same approach and the same heart that we should have when it comes to our faith. You know, whatever it is in our life that we are trying to be the best at, we should match that in the area of our faith. We should never be trying to be the best at something that we're not doing the same in our faith. 
You know, in the scriptures, there's not a whole lot of verses that deal with athletics, but there are enough there that we're going to have this sermon based on that. And using that as kind of the layer of what it is, because this is something I know, something I understand, and I think, again, most of us do. And it's a good way for us to compare and learn some lessons of how do we give our best to God. You know, uh, last night, if some of you, how many of you guys watched the Chiefs game yesterday? All right, that was a game that we saw our star player get injured, right? And everybody else had to give their best effort to achieve a win. And it's ultimately that team win. Everybody played a part. Everybody did something and they collectively rose to the challenge and they gave their best because they needed to in order to advance in the playoffs and hopefully attain their ultimate prize of of winning the Super Bowl again. And we're all behind them. We're all cheering for them. And we love it when, when people give their best and they step up in those things. And, you know, all of us understand that there's one trophy at the end, right? And even God understands that there's one goal, there's one trophy, there's one motivation for us in our faith. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, it says, In a race, everyone runs, but only one person wins the prize. So run your race to win. To win the contest, you must deny yourself many things that would keep you from doing your best. An athlete goes to all that trouble just to win the ribbon or a medal that won't last, but we do it for an eternal reward that will last forever. So I run straight to the goal with a purpose in every step. I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around like an athlete. I discipline myself, making sacrifices and training my body to do what it should, not what it wants to. Otherwise, I might fear that I might get disqualified from the race. So there's some valuable lessons in there if we want to cultivate our faith, if we want to dig deeper, if we want to go farther, if we want to win the prize. And again, any trophy that we win here on earth, it will eventually fade. It will eventually last. You know, I had to re-screw this guy on here. He falls over and he's wobbly, right? Uh, But these things don't last. But our goal is something much greater, much grander. But the process of getting there is the same, whether it be something like this, whether it be, uh, you know, the athletes who are going for the Super Bowl, whatever it is in your life that you are striving, whether it's a turkey run, I don't know. Uh, So we're all doing this to win a prize. And we understand that. We get athletics. We get achievements. We get that effort that it takes to win a prize. Everybody runs, but only some get that prize. We need to run the race to win. That is the ultimate goal. None of us come in here on a Sunday morning just to sit there and look pretty, right? Well, you might, but that is not the intent of church. The intent of church is to help us win in life, to help us win in our spiritual race, right? To help us get towards that prize, the ultimate goal. We all have that in our mind. If we've been in our faith, if we've dedicated enough of our life, that there is a goal that we are all striving for, eternal life, right? That is our promise. That is our hope. That is our reward. And so we have that set. And God tells us that we need to run to win. 
I intend to win. And, you know, as someone who has been competitive all my life and always tried to beat my brothers at everything and oftentimes failing, it just drives you further into it. If you are truly competitive, if you truly have a desire to win, if you have that intention to win, it changes your approach to everything. If you just show up to go through the motions, your approach is so much different than if you have the intention of winning something. Uh, your, the heart in it, the, the, the motivation behind it, the striving for it, the intention to details is completely different if you are trying to win. We're looking for ways to improve. We're looking for ways to get better. We're looking for ways to, to collectively come and do what we have been called to do. And that is really the difference between being a casual Christian and a committed Christian, the difference between being a competitive golfer and a committed golfer, right? There are people who are committed to something are a lot more intentional about it. You know, uh, the dedication level of an NFL athlete to us playing flag football on a Thursday day after Turkey, uh, you know, after Turkey Day is completely different. They go into strict training every day. They're up at a certain time. They're watching film. They're watching their diet. They are committed to winning that prize, and their whole life revolves around that goal. And they have to be serious about it. If they're not serious about it, there's somebody else who is more serious than them who is waiting to take their spot who's waiting to fill in for them and do the job that maybe they aren't willing to do anymore. You know, in church and in being a Christian, God has a lot of things that he wants to do. And ultimately, it is part of that process and part of being able to be part of the kingdom of God is God is also, I think, competitive at that level, right? He wants to win. There's ultimately a battle going on for our souls, and God has every intention of winning every one of our souls. He wants that relationship with us. He intends to bring us into his family, and he's going to do everything he can, and he wants everybody who is intentional about that, who wants to win, to be on his team. He wants us to be united in that vision, in that goal, in that process. You know, oftentimes as we are looking and reflecting on our lives, that question that we should be asking ourselves is how serious are we about our faith? How serious are we about cultivating our faith, about helping it go deeper, about grafting in and improving relationships with people? How serious are we about our study time, our quiet time, our prayer life? Are we doing what it takes? Are we paying attention to those small details that makes the difference between success and failure? Is your intention to win at this game of life, this spiritual reward that the Bible talks about of this eternal life? Not only for yourself, but those around you and those who of us collectively because really that's what we want as a church is we want to push ourselves further. We want to push ourselves deeper. We want to come in here with the intention to make things better, to make things smoother, to make it so it is a place that people come and they see people who are committed to Christ. If we have a, that level of commitment that they come in and they just see all these people who are committed and dedicated and trying to win in this life, it rubs off on other people. If you have people who rise up and lead with passion and purpose, it rubs off on everybody else and it gives people to follow. If we as a church are, are setting that standard for ourselves that we want to win and we're going to pay attention to every part of that aspect, 
It changes the way we come into this building every day. It's not just looking for a place to sit. It's looking for a place to serve. It's not just about trying to find uh, uh, what uh, our bookmark place in our Bible. It's reviewing the things that we've been praying about this past week. You know, that's point one, is that we have to intend to win. Uh, the second thing that we learn in there is that we need to discipline ourselves. And I talked about that a little bit. But reiterating, that's what it takes to win. No athlete becomes a pro athlete without discipline, without proper training. We don't become great at anything without disciplining ourselves in everything. You want to be great at something, you are going to commit your life to it. If you want to become great at hunting, you're going to commit to that aspect and you're going to learn everything you need and you're going to be disciplined to not make noise when you're out hunting, right? If we are going to be disciplined, we have to take those long cuts to greatness. It doesn't happen by accident. God says that everybody has an opportunity to have this reward, and he says that we need to be disciplined in our walk. Jesus showed us what it took to be a disciplined life. He would take time out of his busy day to go and pray. He would take time out of his life to connect and heal and love people. He would take time out of his life to connect and bring people along in the process. He would take time to sit and teach people who were ultimately just going to walk away from him. He took and he was disciplined in the things that he did. You know, he was so disciplined that he didn't even sin. That's crazy, right? We excuse our sins every day. We aren't that disciplined, and most of us don't strive to be that disciplined. But ultimately, if you want a high, high bar, set that, right? Be like Jesus in your life. Commit to win, but also be disciplined in your choices. Don't do things that are going to take you down a path you don't want to go, places you don't want to end up. And you will be disciplined in the ways that you spend your time, the interests that you have and even maybe the food you eat, right? That spiritual nourishment that you need, you are intentional about what you put in your body so that you can produce the best results. So that's part of that question, is if you want to be the best, is what are you willing to put yourself through in order to be the best? What are you willing to push aside to be the best? What are you willing to commit to to be the best? Are you willing to give up comfort time, uh, you know, leisure, sitting around. God wants us to do what we can, to strive for the things that he's calling us to do. There is a field that is ripe for the harvest. I think we live in a world that is consistently and constantly falling away from Christ. That means there's more and more people that need him and that we are, have the opportunity to, to go to them and teach them about the truth that maybe they are so hungry for that they don't realize. People respect those who are disciplined and committed to something. If they see that you genuinely care about your faith and you're walking that walk, if you are striving to be Jesus, people notice and take note of that and they want relationships with people who seem to have something different, something that they want. We all have somebody in our lives that we look to who is disciplined beyond our capability of understanding. You know, the people who would wake up the people who would be reading their Bible all the time. We all have people who are more disciplined than us, and we respect them and honor them for that. The next thing that we need to do, and this is even harder in our world, I think the, the more we 
uh, get into this, this internet age or the social media stage or whatever it is, the, the, the more, more we get into this world that is so pervasive with options. It says this, 1 Corinthians 9.26, I want, run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I fight to win and not just shadow boxing or playing around. The option and the opportunity here and the thing that we need to strive for, if you want to be the best, is to stay focused. The problem with a lot of people, and myself included, is that I get distracted. There are so many things that we can get distracted from in our faith. I can come in the office and want to do one thing, and five minutes or ten minutes later, there's something else that is taking me away from that thing that I wanted to do. And, and there's so many distractions in our world, some good, some bad, uh, some of our own doing, some of outside influences. But really, if you look at those who achieve and are the best at whatever they do, they have that ability to stay focused on the thing that they have in front of them, to have that goal in sight and to shoot for it and to stay on track for that. If they have that goal in mind, they remove all other distractions and that is what they are after. They are able to have that tunnel vision and they are focused on not only the reward, not only on being able to do what's right, not only on just being able to do what's good, but just being able to serve in the way that God wants us to. Some of the greatest people of faith in scriptures are the ones who were able to be the most focused, the ones who didn't allow distractions to hinder them. They didn't allow things to get in their way. You know, Joshua is a leader who led straight towards what God told them, that promised land and everything that came along with it. Jesus, as a disciple maker, that was his focus. He spent three years focused on the mission of preparing, of training, and he dedicated day in and day out and really didn't even have a home and didn't even really have a job, right? That was his mission and his ministry, and that was what he was focused on, ultimately knowing that he would have to go to the cross. That was his target, and he had to do everything he could to be able to be the one who could be the one who hung on that cross, to die for our sins, to take our place. And we should be eternally grateful for the fact that Jesus stayed focused. Satan tried to distract him. Satan tried to disillusion him. Satan tried to push him away. But Jesus knew what he needed to do. And in our lives, we need to be focused. More so today than any other time, I feel, because there are so many things that distract us, that take us off the path. If God calls us to do something in our lives, sometimes it's so easy just to push that aside, to delay it. We talked about procrastinating last week and worrying, right? And we have this enormous responsibility in our life to do what God calls us to do. And our ultimate goal as a church is to cultivate our faith. We want to be a place that is growing if we're going to be a place that is growing, we have to be able to do these things. We have to win in the things that God puts in front of us. We need to be intentional. We need to be focused. And, you know, we need to do all of these things. And we need to discipline ourselves so that we can be able to achieve and strive to do the things that we, God wants us to do. So that we can love like Jesus. So that we can love God and love others better so that we can dive deeper into God's word, that we can be committed to our life group or our discipleship group or our Bible study plan or our family, right? Whatever it might be that tends to be, get distracted or pushed to the side. And, you know, really, if we want to grow together, if we are able to win together, if we're able to dis discipline ourselves and stay focused, then we can achieve so much more. If we lose sight of any or all of those then we don't achieve what God wants us to. 
Our faith is only gets so deep. Our outreach only reaches so far. If we want to be the best, then we need to give God our best. And if we don't give him our best and we just end up giving him the rest of our time, that's not a recipe for success. You know, we can't go a day without committing and connecting with Jesus. We can't go an hour without connecting and, and talking and praying and being on mission for what he has put us to, to do. You know, some of the most impressive people are the ones who are able to do these things. And oftentimes you find them not here, but on the mission field, right? If you're talking about people who are dedicated their lives and focused on a mission God has, someone who has been called to live as a missionary in another country, they know their target, they know their, their people, they know their effort, and they've had to push everything that might have distracted them from going forward to cultivate the faith in their own lives. And if we're going to be honest, we need to do that better. We need to have a more disciplined approach to how we do things. We need to be able to be more successful and define our wins a little bit better. You know, we need to be doing things that are allowing us to grow closer together, to cultivate our faith deeper, because we want to be a part of a church that is focused on being the best that we can be. I think that God expects that from us, and we should expect that from ourselves. And so we want to give our God our best and to be able to grow the most in the time that we have. That's really the focus behind this. That's the focus of why we come here, not just to sit here, but to be sent here, that we can eventually raise others up. You know, that is what we want to experience. And I think that God wants the best for us. I think God has plans and, and purpose for us. I don't think God's done with any of us. And so that's our challenge is to be taking the time to do some self-assessment, some self-evaluation, some self-correcting, to be able to do these things that we're talking about. What is the best that I can give God? Maybe we pray that every day. God, what is the best that you want from me today? God, what is my mission today? What is my task today? What is my challenge today? And maybe we need to pray for that discipline and that focus to be able to achieve that. And maybe you need to say that prayer four or five, six times to help us to stay committed until we develop those habits, till we develop that strength and that, that connection of the Spirit leading that day-to-day. -day. And we have that willpower to do what God wants us to do. So that would be my challenge for you this week, is to give God your best. Don't settle for second place. Don't settle for other things. But give God your very best this week. And see the difference that it makes in your faith. Because if you're giving God your best, then he's going to give you the best also. And you're going to have that best experience with him, the best relationship with him, and ultimately the best experience of eternal life with him. So that's my challenge. That's my prayer. And I would ask that you would join with me in that, that we push our church to be the best that God wants.